Tabiso Musia on SAFM. And we're joined uh, now live here in our makeshift studio at the media center, actually at FNB. It's not makeshift, it's a proper media center where they've accommodated us here, uh, accommodated us here, and we're very grateful for that. And Safa Chief Medical Officer Dr. Tulani Nguenya joins us as we continue our sports medicine and sports science focus here on SAFM Spot On. Good evening, Doc. Thank you for coming down to chat to us. Good evening, Tabiso, and good evening to all your listeners. Thank you for having me. Doc, I always introduce you as Safa Chief Medical yeah. Officer or whatever you do for Kosafa, but you've got a life outside of that and you've of got course. a practice that you, you work with other doctors. Can you just tell us more about that? Yeah, of course. Um, I'm a, one of the direct four directors of Sports Meds in Africa, which is in Randbeck, but we've got three branches, one in Kempton Park and one in Bulukwani. Uh, the four doctors are Dr. Jerome Mampane, who is also with the, who's the Springboks doctor and also mm. the Kaiser Chiefs doctor. Uh, the second doctor is Dr. Moshe Macheti, who's a uh, a doctor for the Springbok ladies. Uh, he's also away now with the ladies team in France. And the fourth doctor is Dr. Crosby Mlungwa, who is uh, the under-23 uh, doctor. So as postmates in Africa, we really deal with all um, uh, injuries. Uh, we deal with pre-competition assessment. We deal with uh, not only elite athletes, we also deal with uh, mm. uh, weekend warriors. So oh. every type of sporting injury that you're thinking of or when you want to have a program that mm. will help you uh, to deal with uh, chronic medical conditions. That is what we call exercises medicine or any other um, uh, injury that you, you have that is sporting injury. We are here for you and we are ready to deal to help you. So I'm a social boxing warrior and yeah. I was sparring last week and I think I'm feeling a niggle here on my left arm. Can I come? Yes. Do you have a physio well, there? We have, it's a, we've got a, a team of, 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 we have a person, like different uh, specialties. Mm -hmm. Yes, the directors are sports physicians, mm -hmm. but we've got physios, we've got biokineticists, we have got uh, masseurs, we've got uh, sports psychologists, and we've got uh, sports nutritionists. All of, we are a team. So, mm -hmm. but then we are directing the whole program. So you're more than welcome so I'm that coming, we can doc. actually uh, make a diagnosis and help you. Yes, I'll be coming, Doc. Yes. And now that we're here at the FNB Stadium, you're here nice and early. Yes. You're not wearing a track suit. Uh, <laughs> what is your role for this game? Okay, I'm an appointed FIFA um, a medical uh, doctor for the game. Um, I'll be doing, uh, I'm overseeing COVID protocols. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm also uh, one of the DSEC adjudication committee members uh, who are also here to oversee the issues of COVID compliance. Uh, the other appointment uh, from FIFA I can't disclose uh, because it's uh, very confidential. Mm. At least I can dis disclose after the game because I've got two appointments that are medical wow. that I'm, 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 I'm here for. Wonderful, wonderful, Doc. And when you talk about COVID pr protocols, what do people have to go through when they're coming into the stadium today? Tonight? Yeah, when it, when it comes to the spectators, well, tickets, they had to buy tickets uh, online. And uh, when buying tickets, uh, they needed to also put their vaccination code there so that the tickets get generated. But when they come to the stadium, they're supposed to come with a ticket, with their ID and with a vaccination certificate. To, all these documents must talk to each other with the f same name same surname and ID so that they, they are actually allowed through. And they, when they are coming through, they pass through the first verification process where they check all these documents mm -hmm. and then they go to screening uh, where they screen for COVID uh, symptoms, including temperature screening. And when, when they pass that, then they get a, a wristband. The wristband is going to be written their names and uh, yeah. 
just oh, like, like the one, the one I have. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then it will also be be written your seat number. Mm. So you actually go to where your your wristband is telling you to sit. And uh, after the the the, the wristband, then you've got a marshal that is actually going to show you where you're supposed to sit. And how are they sitting? There are only 2,000. FNB Stadium is a huge stadium. <laughs> what are the sitting arrangements? Yeah, right now we are on the main stand wing. We are go- going to use that only. And uh, the way we are actually putting them, we're going to put uh, a person, one person and four chairs in between. We, it's, the mm. social distancing is supposed to be two, 1.5 meters. But we are actually taking more precaution and becoming more cautious because what we don't want is that football must not be a super spreader. So so we are being cautious and what we want to achieve is to actually go to, to, to government to say our protocols are working. Can mm. we actually have more people coming in? Because this is, is still part of the pilot uh, project, but where we want to get to, we want to get to full capacity but the main and, and primary objective is to get head immunity in the country so that everything can go back to normal again. And football was the first to bring back supporters and we'll never forget that. Doc, yes. how, how did you get it right? <laughs> It was all How about. How did you convince government? It was all about uh, teamwork. I, I can say, and the lessons that we have learned. Fortunately, I'm also part of the CAF medical panel mm. and sub committee of the FIFA medical panel. So the lessons that I've learned from my colleagues uh, internationally and from the from the recent Confederations Cup that took place in Cameroon. Remember, there were spectators there. Mm-hmm. So all those protocols we we actually um, uh, put. Uh, learned uh, something, a, a thing or two from all those protocols, and then we we then custom made them to to suit our our government regulations. That is actually how we did it right. Now on paper, things can actually look good, but mm. uh, execution is a different story altogether. So the people who are helping us to execute the protocol, we must actually applaud them because those are the people that are very 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 important for everything to be there in the right way. And what lessons did you take from the first game where you allowed fans for, 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 for the first game, for the Ethiopia game? Well, there's quite a number of lessons, but the first one that I can say, uh, Tabiso, is that uh, maybe we did not educate our, our our fans or spectators very well about the importance of following pro- COVID protocols because uh, when they arrived, uh, some people came without actually buying tickets and some yes, had to be taken that. back and some came without vaccination and uh, they had to be sent back. So maybe because of the short uh, time frame that we had after we got approval, then we didn't have enough time to actually um, uh, educate our, our, our spectators. Mm. The second issue was that in terms of the sitting arrangement, you know, football is, a, is an emotional uh, mm. sport. You know, everyone, when they are here, they want to sing, they want to come together. And, and so our spectators kept on doing that, kept on coming together and wanting to sing, removing their mask. And we needed to go to them every now and then. And the other thing, our marshals struggled, you know, to try and contain them. Up until at some point, I went with the stadium manager, Bert Hrobler, to talk to the spectators and tell them about the importance of adhering to the protocols so that we can have more people in. So those are some of the lessons that we have learned. And uh, we have built up on that. And now the other lesson is that we we are allowing one person to buy four tickets. Mm -hmm. And some people were buying four. At that time, it was not really buying. So mm. people were, say, were, were actually reserving four tickets and uh, they would then reserve for people that are not vaccinated and for kids. And that was an, another lesson. So in this, this time around, people were supposed to reserve for only two maximum. Uh-huh. You couldn't do more than that.
So these are the marshals that will guide them where to sit, the ones that I'm seeing in front of me now. Yes. They're already positioned two hours before kickoff. Eh? Correct. Uh, these are the marshals that are showing them where to sit. Mm. Outside, uh, where they are entering, there are other marshals that are mm. actually ushering them to these marshals. So these marshals are supposed to monitor the sitting arrangement and make sure that people are sitting with social distancing. But there's others that are actually supposed to show them where they're supposed to go in terms of their numbers, city, uh, seat numbers. Actually, I can see some of the fans have started to arrive now and yes. they are social distancing. Yes. They are. There's two yes. there, two there, yes. two yes. at the top there. Yes. Well-behaved supporters. Yeah, yes. good Good to see. For those who are just joining our conversation, we are talking to Safa, Chief Medical Officer, um, a man that also works with CAF and FIFA now, as he has not mentioned yet, but uh, <laughs> but uh, people have also roped him in, Dr. Tulani Nguenya, yes. and uh, we're building up to the big game, Bafana Bafana and Zimbabwe. It kicks off at 9 p.m. There'll also be a build-up on TV, so we're not going to keep you hanging. After the after our show ends at 8, you can go over to TV and catch the build-up. Let's bring it closer to the field, Doc, while we have you here. I had the coach, Hugo Bruce, this week saying that it's it's a different week because they're playing on Thursday and they're playing on Sunday. They've got a short week and he wasn't focusing too much on the training. They were doing more tactics. Yeah. What does that tell us from a, a medical and sports science perspective? Yeah, um, when it comes to national team, I always say national team coaches actually have the raw uh, end of it because uh, they don't have time of preparation. Remember, here we've got players that played on Sunday, mm -hmm. and it means that on Monday they can't really train. Monday is recuperation or regeneration. So they can only train on Tuesday. Tuesday, that's when they can actually have the tactical session. And then on, on Wednesday, it's match day minus one. So there they only have 45 minutes of technical work. So basically they would have trained once. So the coaches have it very, very difficult. And uh, what we then try and do, we try and, uh, and, and, and communicate with the medical teams. Uh, we have done that uh, even this time around to check the players loading, uh, to check how many minutes the players played in the past two weeks and the last game. And we check uh, with the GPS uh, system. For those that don't have GPS, ah. we then uh, check the minutes played and we try and, 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 and view uh, the, 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 the footage in terms of how they were running and all. So we do what we call individual periodization, even though it can't be entirely achieved, but we try and do as best as we could to make sure that the players on match day, they are fresh. Sure. So it's because they've been playing at their clubs yes. and also the fact that this game is on a Thursday and then they're going to play, they're going to travel to Ghana yes. and play three days later yes. On, yes. On, on Sunday. Yeah, precisely that, uh, because uh, after playing today, they'll be leaving very early tomorrow morning. So mm. it's little time of recovery. And uh, what one thing, uh, we must also thank Safa for organizing a, a chartered flight. Because, directly to Ghana. Yes, directly to Ghana. Because what is going to happen is that uh, traveling al alone, it's loading on its own. So they would have loaded today load don't recover um, enough because then they'll have about four five six hours to actually go into the flight if actually they need to be there at the airport two hours before so after finishing here at 11 they'll probably arrive at the hotel midnight or just after midnight mm. and then at three they are supposed to be at the airport so they don't really sleep much and then they travel to ghana so that's loading Poor there's no recovery if you actually think of it. But we think, Safa, that actually there's a, 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 an arranged shuttle flight that will make them, at least when they arrive at, there in Ghana, they'll do recuperation and then the coach can then start working with the team the following day. 
Okay, just hold that thought, Doctor. I forgot there's a World Cup semi-final. We're so excited about Bafana Bafana. There's a cricket World Cup semi-final. And let me just give you the scores, folks, before we continue our conversation. Pakistan posted 176 for four in their 20 overs. Australia are now on 129 for five in the 17th over. So they need 48 from 22 balls. 48 from 22 balls. Australia with five wickets in hand. That is the latest from the cricket. Chris will keep you posted throughout. Thank you for reminding us. Doc, just back to the fact that, okay, we said it's a short week, they don't train as hard. Mm. Who makes that decision then? Is it the coach? Is it the medical staff that makes a recommendation to the coach? When it comes to technical preparation, the final decision is, the, is with the coach. Mm. Perhaps something that uh, maybe we need to also share with the listeners is that as the medical team, at whatever setting, we do not make the final call. We make medical informed recommendations, recommendations. And recommendations. And then the technical staff will then take a decision. It doesn't matter what it is. We make medical recommendations and then the technical people, if it is a technical matter, make a final decision. Is that why when a player is injured at his club, then the player has to come to camp first to be assessed by the team doctor before you make a recommendation? Well, that is a FIFA rule. Mm -hmm. When FIFA rule says that uh, when a player, it doesn't matter what injury it is, mm. the, pe the people who have to make a call whether the player is really injured is the national team uh, doctor. So what we then do, we have established a relationship with colleagues. So what... I usually do recommend is that if the, the team is saying the player is injured, uh, we then say let them make a radiological investigation, whether it's uh, ultrasound, whether mm -hmm. it's MRI, and then send to me, then I can make a decision based on that. But otherwise, then they're supposed to come to camp and then we make our own assessment, then we make a decision based on that. Okay, we are talking to Dr. Tulaningwe, and I believe there are some voice notes that have come through on 0614104. Patrick, who is in our SAFM studio, can we play those voice notes, Patrick? Hey, Tavis Omusia and your guest, this is Brian from Orange Farm. I think uh, the game for today is done and dusted. I think Bafana will, will overcome Zimbabwe by three goals to nil because we have seen Ghana play at our own background that's an advantage for Bafana we don't need to panic the boys need to push so hard to their limit the evening member in Tavezale. please ask Dr. Tulani there why is the PSL so reluctant to come back, to let the fans come back to the stadium is he assisting them or what evening member Tulani from land thanks for the information hey I'm learning so much now I used to do a warm-up for 15 to 20 minutes when you travel from Val to Pretoria, but now I understand. Can you please ask the doctor there? If you travel approximately uh, four hours, is that part of loading or we can still do a proper warm-up before a game? Thanks. Okay, thanks. Yes, one more. Is there one more? Okay, now let's get the doc to answer these ones then. Um, <clears throat> doc, would you know why the PSL is reluctant to allow fans? Are you working together this time around? Because the first time you did work together. Um, we have established a very good relationship with the professionals league, I must say. We communicate from time to time. What I need to perhaps make uh, the, the, the viewer, I mean the listeners aware of, mm. is the fact that um, having 2,000 spectators, 
for instance, this Bafana, let me make an example with this Bafana match. We have 2,000, only 2,000 spectators. But uh, that does not, it's not sustainable financially. I can tell you now, there's a huge uh, loss. There's no gain from us hosting 2,000 spectators. But what SAFA is trying to do is trying to help government reach herd immunity. And at the same time, SAFA is trying to get the, the, the spectators, is trying to play a, a leader role in making sure that we go back to full capacity. So this is, a, like I said, it's a pilot project. Mm. It will help us to get to at least full capacity. So when looking at a PSL game, uh, one team is playing here on, 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 on Wednesday and they're playing on Saturday. Now they have only 2,000 spectators. They, let's say they've got a loss of uh, 500,000 uh, for a Wednesday game. They'll have another loss of 500,000 uh, on Saturday. And then there's two games next week. Uh, that is not really really sustainable but with with us at least we play um once after after a month then mm. the space in between there's a breather in between so at the moment with 2000 spectators i must say it's not financially sustainable okay that makes sense then and then tulan is a budding coach i've actually seen him at these youth games he wants to know if they travel for four hours um can they still do proper training some two is bizo. Uh, 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 okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, um, under normal circumstances, we, we we usually say if you're going to travel for a, a more than three hours, you need to travel earlier so that you can find some rest at at the destination. And then you can uh, rest a little bit before you can actually um, uh, 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 train properly. I mean, mm. do a proper warm up. But it doesn't matter whether you have traveled four hours, whether you have traveled five hours, whether you have traveled six hours. It's very, very important to do proper warm up because warm up is actually activation of your muscles to avoid injuries. Mm. So it is very, very important that you do proper warm up because if you do not do proper warm up, you will then have a lot of muscle injuries that can be actually prevented when, when you have done proper warm-up. And yes, traveling is loading. Doesn't matter whether you are traveling ah. an hour, whether you are traveling 15 minutes, traveling on its own, it is some form of loading. Okay, that's interesting. Doc, I can see the one team is already on the field. Now we're going to get into uh, the team shortly in the lineups as soon as we get the green light here to reveal this lineup that we have. But Doc, something that we take for granted is is, is uh, because of COVID and the players, some go into a bubble and all of that and things are not the same psychologically. Do you see and does it affect the players and how would it affect the players? Just this whole COVID and the, and the situations that they play under now. Um, uh, uh, Tabiso, I must say, psychologically, the players have been seriously, seriously affected, mm. especially at the beginning of the pandemic when we started having the return uh, of, of, of football. You know, that is where, um, you know, they had so much time in between where they were not training, where they were not playing. That is why you had a lot of muscle injuries at that time. Now, the other aspect was that uh, some players then uh, they were actually scared of, of their income because that also affected them. Mm. And uh, some players that are used to playing uh, with spectators, psychologically, ah. it affects you. It's like you are training and then uh, you don't get that uh, that oomph or motivation, that that that, that aura that you mm. get when you are in a, a football stadium. So it did affect them um, uh, psychologically. That is why I, I, I at that time, and I'm still recommending that, 
if things were to go the way we wish as sports physicians, we need to go to an to a to a space where all teams have got a sports psychologist. Very, very important. Let's leave it there. That's our topic for next week. Sports psychologist. Thanks, Doc, for that. Uh, we, know, we don't want to keep you for long. I know that you still have some duties to perform, but thank you very much for joining us here in our makeshift studio and for the insight. Thank you very much, Tavis.